So welcome to the A Party 5 Podcast. I'm your host, Roderick Jones, and I'm excited that you're joining me here on another episode. On today's episode, we're talking about how to buy an apartment building in 2024. Let's get into it. Today's episode is pretty much going to be a straightforward episode. There's two things that I want you to get out of your head right now before we even get started into the episode. Let me adjust this. So the first thing that I want you to get out of your head right now is number one, that you can't do this if you don't have any money. That's the first myth that I want you to get out of your head. And number two, that you can't do this if you don't have any experience. That's the second myth that I want you to get out of your head. So you can do this if you have money. I mean, if you don't have money and you can do this if you don't have any experience. And then if you do have money, you can do this. And if you do have experience, you can do this. So anybody can go out and buy an apartment building if you know the right things to do. And on this podcast, we're going to show you what those things are. So let's get right into it. So... When you hear me talk about apartment building, what is considered an apartment building? Or what do I mean by apartment building? So when I say apartment buildings, I'm talking about anybody, anyone who wants to go out and buy 100 units or more. That's my definition. Now, you may hear other people come on and they may talk about apartment buildings being considered 50 units and up, being considered you know, 25 units and up, being considered 10 units and up. But for this podcast, we only talk about doing deals with 100 units or more. So how to buy an apartment building with 100 units or more? Let's get into it. So there are three things, the big three, that you need when buying an apartment building. Number one, you need a track record. Number two, you need a net worth equal to or greater than what you're trying to buy. And number three, you need liquidity. So what does that mean? We're going to get into it. So if you're looking to buy a multifamily deal in 2024, the first thing you want to do is sit down and say, what do I even want to buy? You know, I want to buy an apartment building, but what type of apartment building? So that's number one. So you sit down with yourself and you figure out what type of apartment do I want to buy? Now, you may be asking, well, what are the you know, different types that are, that are available. Well, you have garden style apartment buildings, you have high rise apartment buildings, you have mid rise apartment buildings, you have mixed use apartment buildings, you have townhome style apartment buildings, you have build for rent apartment buildings. There, there's a list of a ton of different styles of apartment bills that you could potentially do. So your first thing is to figure out what type of deals you want to do. And then you figure out what class of deals you want to do. So when we say class, there are four classes of apartment buildings. I mean, there are four classes of apartment buildings. Number one, you have class A. Class A is the newest, shiniest asset on the market. And then number two, you have class B. Class B is not as new as class A, but it's like in the middle. It is the, it's like in the middle. So it's in the middle. It's not the newest. It's not the oldest. It sits right in that middle pocket. Then you have class C, which is the oldest of the apartment deals. And then you have class D, which is located in war zones. And war zones are the not so great areas of town. 
Now, what's the difference between these class buildings and what class did you buy? So, I'm gonna break down the difference. The difference between all classes of apartment buildings is this. If you're looking to preserve your wealth, then most people buy class A apartment buildings. If you are looking to preserve and grow your wealth, most people buy class B apartment buildings. If you are looking to create your wealth and create cash flow, then most people buy class C apartment buildings. So A, B, or C. And so when, I, when you think of class A, I want you to think of the newest building in your town. When you drive around your town and you see the newest, nicest apartment building in your town with all the modern amenities, they just put it up, that is considered class A. When you drive down the street and you see one that's been sitting there for a while, it looks fairly new, but you know it's not as new as the one that they just put up. You know it doesn't have all the bells and whistles on it. That is considered class B. And then you're driving down the street and you see these apartments and you know they're a little bit older. They need a lot of work or not even a lot of work. They're outdated. They need, you know, a renovation. They need to come up to the modern, you know, increase the, the I mean, increase the curb appeal to make it look more modern like the newer apartments in your market. That is considered class C. So most people buy class A apartments if they want to preserve their wealth. Most people buy class B apartments if they want to preserve and appreciate, I mean, preserve and grow their wealth. Most people buy class C apartments if they want to generate cash flow and create their wealth. So that's that. So the first step is to figure out what type of apartment do you want to buy? Are you buying class A? Are you buying class B? Or are you buying class C? And then once you figure out what type of units you want to buy or what type of class or what class of building you want to buy, the second step is to figure out what type of building are you going to buy? And normally, the class of apartments really dictate type of units that you're going to buy. So, a lot, you know, you could buy a class A garden style or you can buy a class A high rise if you're looking for deals in specific, in, you know, core markets. And core means if you're looking for deals in downtown markets or downtown areas. So that's that. And we're not going, that's, we're going to go, that's in too far into the weeds and we're not going to go too far into the weeds, we'll do that on another episode. But to keep it simple, figure out what size of apart what uh class of apartments you want to do. If you want to do class A, class B, class C, and then figure out what type of apartment you want to buy. Garden style, high rise, mid-rise, mixed use. So that's that. Next, once you figure out what type of deals you want to do, you're going to come into a problem. You're going to say, okay, I want to go and do these deals. I want to buy class C or class B deals located in Whoa, I don't even know where the heck I'm going to be, where they're going to be located. Boom. So that's your second problem. How do I choose a market to invest in? So if you live in a great market, you can turn around and buy in your backyard. But then if you're like, I don't even know if my backyard is a good market or if it's a bad market, what do I do? So then that's where you pull out your data engineer or data engineer, whatever way you want to say it. You pull out your data engineer hat and you say, hmm. I want to buy apartment buildings. What is the best metrics to look at from a data standpoint to figure out how to buy these things? So what you do is you focus on these two metrics and these two metrics are all you need to follow in the beginning to figure out what is a good market to invest in. Number one, you follow the job growth. Job growth is the number one metric that you're going to look for. 
because if jobs are coming to that market, then nine times out of 10, that market is going to grow. And when that market grows, you have what? Population growth. Boom. That leads us to our second metric, population growth. If jobs are coming to the market and population is growing, what do those people need that's in that market? Housing. Boom. So that's the trifecta. If they need housing in the market, then that is a great market for you to be in because you can go and buy apartment buildings in that market to support the demand of the job growth and population growth. So when looking for a market, you're going to look for a market that is producing high job growth and that has population growth. You don't want to invest in markets because you feel like this market is going to be the best market ever and blah, blah, blah. That is cool. But if we're looking at it from a numerical standpoint, if we're looking at the data, follow the jobs, follow the population growth, and you'll be okay. Don't follow the jobs and don't follow the population growth, and you may have a problem. So always remember that. So boom, you figure out you want to buy C-class apartment buildings. Now you're like, where do I want to buy them at? You follow the job growth, you follow the population growth, and you land on a state. Boom. Once you land on a state, you narrow that down to a city. Boom. I want to buy in this city. So after you figure out what city you want to buy in, you're like, okay, I want to buy a 100-unit C-class property in, let's just say, Atlanta for an example. In Atlanta. Now, your next question is, hmm, I know what I want to buy, but... I don't have any money and I don't know what the heck I'm doing. And I don't even know how I'm going to get finance for this thing. So those are all good questions. What do you do if you don't have any money and you don't have any experience? Let me tell you, this is exactly what you do. So after you've put your data hat on, your data engineer hat on for finding the market, you're going to take that data engineer hat off. And now you're going to put your deal maker hat on. Hmm. Okay. My deal maker hat. I am a deal maker now. So if I'm a deal maker, I must think like a deal maker. And what does that mean? I, if I have no money and no experience, I need to go and do what? I think you thought about it. You need to go out and find someone who do have experience. So there's two things you can do. You can either go out and find someone who has experience or you can just sit on the sideline and wait till you have enough experience and wait till you have enough money to go and put these deals together. But I'll tell you this, if you sit on the sideline and wait till you do all that, you may not ever do it or you may be waiting forever. So we're going to go with the second option. You go out and you put together a team. This is where you're going to go out and find somebody who is already doing deals. Now your question is, okay, how do I find people that's already doing deals? Have you heard of this thing called the internet? Are you listening to this podcast now? Are you watching this video on YouTube? Boom. So if you Google or if you YouTube buying multifamily or buying apartment buildings, you're going to see people pop up that is buying multifamily, that is buying apartment buildings. If you go and look up on podcasts, how to buy multifamily, um, how to get into buying multifamily, how to buy multifamily with no money down. You're going to see a list of people pop up. If you go on LinkedIn and you type in multifamily sponsor, multifamily operator, multifamily syndicator, you're going to see people pop up. And when you see those people pop up, you send them a message and you tell them, hey, I'm looking to buy multifamily. What type of deals are you looking for? 
that starts and sparks your conversation. So we're not going to go too far into the weeds, but with that information alone, you can take action today and go out and start putting together a team to how to or start putting together a team and, you know, taking the next steps to buy multifamily. So if you don't have experience, you go out and you find somebody with experience. Now, the second hurdle that you're going to need to overcome is I don't have enough net worth to do this deal. So when you're financing a multifamily property, the bank is going to come and say, do you have the net worth equal to or greater than this deal? So for example, let's say you're doing a million dollar deal. Uh, you're buying a million dollar apartment building. When financing this apartment building, the bank is going to come and say, hey, you, Mr. Buyer, or you, Mrs. Buyer, do you have a million dollars in net worth to do this deal? If your answer is yes, the bank says, okay, let's move forward. If your answer is no, the bank says, ho, 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 wait a minute. We need to figure out some things because you don't have enough net worth and liquidity to do this deal. We're not going to give you the loan. Once people hear that, most people stop there and they say, dang, I tried to go out and buy a multifamily building. And guess what? The bank turned me down because I didn't have a net worth and liquidity to do this deal. Now, I just have to wait until I get a million dollars in net worth. And who the heck knows how long it's going to take for you to get a million dollars in net worth. So we're going to kick in the door and we're going to say, forget that. I need to go and find somebody who has a million dollars in net worth. Because remember, we have our deal maker hats on. And if we put our deal maker hats on, whatever you don't have, somebody else has. And it is your job to go and present an opportunity so that way you can trade what you have for what they have and you can make something happen. So if you don't have net worth and liquidity equal to or greater than the loan amount, what do you do? You go out and find somebody who does. Hmm, how? How the heck do I find somebody who has net worth and liquidity? That is a great question. You remember that list that we just went over? Going on LinkedIn. Find multifamily investors. Going on LinkedIn. Finding multifamily syndicators. Going on LinkedIn. Finding multifamily sponsors. You can take that same approach and most of the time, if you partner with the right multifamily sponsor or the right multifamily syndicator, they have solved all of these problems that you're going through and they're going to let you leverage their track record. They're going to let you leverage their resources. They're going to let you leverage their balance sheet to do this deal. So if you find the right multifamily sponsor who has been doing deals at the size that you're looking to do for a while, then they will have all of these knocked out, all of these squared away. And the only thing you have to do is come in and say, I'm going to find these opportunities and we want to buy them and I want to partner with you so that way we can get this done. Now, third is the capital to do the deal. So in every single deal that you're going to buy, you want to hear people say, how to buy real estate with no money down? That you can 100% do that. And the reason you can 100% do that is because it doesn't have to be your money. It just has to be money into the deal. So how do you get money if you don't have any money? This is where you start hearing the terms syndication and funds and crowdfunding and joint venturing and partnerships. All of those terms start working and you're like, okay, I, hear, I heard those terms before, but what do they actually mean? For this podcast, we're going to cover one, which is syndication. Basically, with syndication, you can go out and raise, which is called syndicate, money 
from other people who have money sitting around and they don't know what to do with it, you can say, hey, I want to buy this multifamily property. And if you give me the money to buy this deal, I will give you some of the profits and I will pay you some cash flow. So once you have that, then you're going to get a securities attorney to drop all the documents to make sure it's legal, moral, and ethical and make sure you stay out of jail. You're going to follow all the securities laws and then you're going to take all those investors' money that you just raised and you're going to put it into a deal. So to sum it all up, if you don't have the money, you raise the money from people who have the money. They'll give you the money to do the deal and in return for them giving you the money, you have to pay them profits on their money. So that's that. So how do you buy a deal? How do you buy an apartment building in 2024 if you don't have any money? Let's recap. Number one, you're going to need track record. Number two, you're going to need net worth and liquidity. And number three, you're going to need cash. If you don't have all three, you go out and put a team together. You put your deal maker hat on. If you don't have a track record, you go out and find somebody who's buying multifamily properties today on LinkedIn or Google or listening to podcasts, you reach out to them and you say, hey, I want to buy multifamily properties. I can raise money to do deals. I This is what I bring to the table, basically. And then number two, you need net worth and liquidity. If you have a net, if you're buying a property that's a million dollars, you need to have a net worth that's equal to a million dollars or more. If you don't have that net worth, guess what? You go and find somebody who has the net worth and you present them with your multifamily opportunity. And then number three, if you wanna buy a multifamily deal, you're gonna need a down payment. Down payment is normally 20%. If you don't have the 20% down, what do you do? You go out and find somebody who does, or you go out and raise it through syndication or by creating a fund. You go out and do that, and once you raise it from investors who have money and don't know what to do with it, and you go and present them with the money and you say, hey, here's an opportunity for you to invest in this deal. Then they give you the money, you put it into the deal and you buy it. So you don't have it, you raise the money, you find somebody who has a track record and you find somebody who has the balance sheet and you put a deal together. Is that possible for you to do? Yes. You just got to take action, take the steps and ultimately believe that you can do it. If you want a checklist on how to buy apartment buildings in 2024, go to apartify.co backslash multi, and you'll get all the docs and resources that you need for free. It's a free download. Download all those docs and go from there. That is it for today's episode. Make sure you leave a like, make sure you review, and make sure you subscribe to the show. And as always, if it made you think, if it made you laugh, if you learned anything new, Make sure you share it with somebody and tell them that you're listening to the Aparty Five podcast. That being said, I'll see you on the next one.